Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. A little bit of change outside, so again, if you got duty out by the feed bunk this morning, bundle up because it's cold and it's windy out there as we start Wednesday, normally the last day of February, but not this year with the leap year day out there. Did you go out and feed calves this morning? I did not go out and feed calves this morning. Okay, but uh, it's brisk and blustery. Yeah, it's more than brisk and blustery. I think I've got more snow at my house than that came up here. Yeah, we don't uh, have a whole lot here, but uh, again, be careful. It's cold and it's slippery. I don't know if this is worth plowing or let it get kind of crusty. It's probably safer if it's a little crusty and throw a little ice on it because it's not going to last long. No, it's not going to last long. It wasn't plowed on my back roads, but they were really plowed in the interstate. So Yeah, they always take care of the interstate and uh, U.S. highways, things like that. So just be careful. It's a little bit slippery out there, so let the trucks do their job and uh, get the salt out there in the sand and get it safe because, again, cold today, but then warming up. March is coming in like a lamb. It's certainly not coming in like a lion. We'll talk more about that. But other things we want to talk about, the FFA, National FFA Week, we talked about a lot of that last week. And, uh, Jill, they did have a a special day. Get us caught up on what happened uh, one special day last week for uh, National FFA Week. Last Thursday, and that is part of National FFA Week, they held National Giving Day for people to support and promote agricultural education across the country. And they're calling the effort a success. When all the pledges were added up, the total came to $1,332,067 to be shared by state FFA organizations. And giving isn't done yet. If you'd still like to give, you forgot, missed out, whatever, and you'd still like to uh, give as part of uh, FFA Giving Day, you can go uh, online to their website and they'll have a special giving button or tab and uh, you can um, donate whatever you want, $5.00. 500, 5,000, whatever the case is, to support FFA across the country. But I think for the most part, uh, Cheryl Zimmerman, of course, is your sister-in-law. She's head of the state FFA here in Wisconsin, and I would think uh, she would be happy with all the activities that our state FFA chapters did during the week. Oh, absolutely. They really promoted it up, and they're so busy with promoting what they do. And on a note on that giving day, major uh, businesses match funds so that's why they really highlight that uh, ffa giving day so even if you gave a thousand dollars 
there was matching funds coming from some of the major businesses across the nation. So I, I don't know if that $1 million plus is the final or if that's uh, with or without matching funds. I hope it's without, so, the, so they get a whole lot more. But again, a good, successful week for National FFA Week, and thanks to everybody that did give to support our, our chapter. We've got some wonderful chapters. Who have you got Saturday morning on the air? We've got Fall Creek FFA. All right, and then I'll be going today, later on this morning, over to the UW-River Falls College of Agriculture, Food, and Environmental Sciences, talking to uh, Dean North, the new dean that came in last July, as he's got his uh, feet on the ground a little bit, and that'll be next Saturday, right? Yep, the 9th. All right, so uh, 51 weeks of FFA and one week of university at River Falls. So again, lots of FFA chapters. It's FFA week every week around here, that's for sure. Other things going on, we'll look at commodity prices, uh, more than just the uh, daily markets, and as you know, they're not all that good. And uh, Packer Country is mourning this morning, loss of uh, a real stable supporter of uh, Bart Starr's wife, Sherry, passed away. Sherry Starr passed away. She was 89 years old. She was here just a few years ago when uh, Bart was talking to the uh, Chippewa Valley Boy Scouts, and uh, she was there, did a lot of the talking because Bart was struggling a little bit, and uh, she took over and did a wonderful job. That iconic smile of hers was uh, on her face the whole time, and just a, a wonderful lady, but Cherry Starr, Bart Starr's wife, has now passed away at 89, and uh, we thank her for all her support of, of not only Bart in his declining days, but uh, Green Bay and that uh, beautiful smile. We also uh, talk about fun. We had uh, Sherry. She was just a lot of fun. That's what I'm referring to. But uh, talk yesterday to Jim Mueller, who is the chief judge of the upcoming World Cheese Championships, and gave us a lot of insight and I've got to edit a little bit because we got into a conversation. And so, you know, he was rambling on and I was trying to cut in and this, that, and the other thing. But I asked him, I said, Jim, what's your background? And he said, uh, I said, how do you pronounce your name first of all? Is it Mueller? Is it Muller? Is it Miller? Because they pronounce it. He said, well, go with Miller. He says, my dad came, great, great, let's see, his grandfather came from Switzerland and at the time, it was M-U-L-L-E-R with the two, what do they call it, the uh, uh, the two dots that they use in Germany, mollusks or something like that. And he said uh, the typewriters in the U.S. didn't have those things, so he changed it. He put an E in it. And so, uh, but he pronounces it Miller. But nice conversation with Jim, giving you more details about the upcoming World Cheese Championships coming up here March 5th, 6th, and 7th. In, uh, in Madison, down at the Monona Terrace. We've been talking to you about uh, if you want to have some fun, take a trip down to Madison, visit the Capitol, and the Monona Terrace is only about three blocks. You can park and walk down there. And first two days, the 5th and 6th, it's open to the public and free. And uh, he said, yeah, we got 26 or 27 tables and 54 judges, so there'll be two judges at a table, judging all kinds of stuff. But we'll hear more about that as we go along. Also, DMC... The Dairy Margin Coverage Program, payments begin in early March, and uh, enrolling for 2024, that begins today. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Let's get the numbers, starting with the cash livestock trade, Jill. Choice fed beef steers are 178 to 188. 
with mixed steers at 155 to 177. Choice fed beef heifers are 175 to 192 with mixed heifers 134 to 177. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 150 to 181. Choice fed Holstein steers are 155 to 162 with select and silage fed steers 112 to 154. Cows are 84 to 113 with a top of 145. Bulls are 115 to 133. Butcher hogs are 35 to 64. Sows are 35 to 36 and boars are 10 to 21. Short market lambs are 170 to 200 dollars. Feeder lambs are 205 to 370. Ewes are 105 to 165. Small goats are 95 to 240. Medium goats are 175 to 280. Large goats are 175 275 to 420, and nanny goats are 10 to 300. And at the Mercantile Exchange, live cattle and hogs were lower. Feeder cattle were mixed. We've got uh, April live cattle, 187.72, down 37. June closed at 183.57, down 52. August also down 52 at 182.67. Feeder cattle for March were down a nickel at 253 even. April was up a nickel at 258.95. May down 25 at 261.32. August up 25 at 270.60. And September feeder cattle up 27 at 270.82. Lean hogs, the April contract down 37 at 85.90. May also down 37 at 90.37. June down 52 at 99.32. And July down a dime at $100.45 a hundred. Board of Trade yesterday, kind of a quiet trade. Corn was lower. The beans and the wheat were a little bit higher. Just uh, not much going on, not much movement. Corn overnight. We're looking at July contracts now. July corn overnight down a penny at 434. The oats unchanged 362. July wheat down four to five cents at 581. July soybeans down four to five cents at 1146. And meal down 30 cents a ton, $328. Barrel cheese unchanged 167. Blocks up to $1.61 a pound. Butter down a cent and a half at 283 and a half. And we're playing this game with class three prices, it seems like every week. Early in the week, the trade goes a little bit higher. Then we get to about Tuesday, and we turn around for the rest of the week, and that's what it's looking like. February down a penny at 16.11. March down 30 cents at 17.28. Yesterday, April class three was at $18. Today, it's at 17.56, down 44 cents. May down 41 at 17.84. June down 44 at 18.16. Prices down through November. And uh, we'll look at today's trade and uh, see what happens. But uh, that's a look at our markets this morning. We're about to the end of February. And that means when we get into March, we could see 50-degree temperatures. What's different than February this year with 50-degree temperatures? On our Allied Cooperative program today, Brad Matson joins us. Brad, long-time agronomy manager and technology manager with Allied Cooperative. And, Brad, I'm sure you're hearing some things from farmers who, if nothing else, are just kind of anxious. you got to kind of talk them off the ledge a little bit for some things. Yeah, it's definitely a winter doldrum, so this... Uh a uh, few people have asked about seeding oats and, and doing those types of things. They're getting antsy. The ground's starting to get close to being fit and a little early for those types of things. And, uh, you know, there's still too much risk factor and uh, a way too, way too much growing season. A lot of 
concern over grain prices, so that's getting people wondering, do we change our fertility program, those types of things. And, and my response is, is we have to, in a, in a year like this, getting every bushel we can off of every acre efficiently is going to be key to profitability. Yes, you just can't throw the kitchen sink at stuff. You have to be very precise in, in managing those input dollars and stuff like that. So if you've got some low testing fields, those types of things, how do we address those things? A lot of variable rate. We're looking at a lot more variable rate solutions this year than we have probably ever uh, is a good way of addressing those uh, low fertility spots without just raising the whole fertilizer rate across the field. Sitting here talking about all the things that we have to do right in order to maximize this yield and, and those types of things are, are been been huge as we've uh, going into this season, Bob. And I know guys and gals like you, agronomists and county agents and everybody telling farmers for years, soil test, soil test, soil test. Keep those soil tests timely because, as you said, and we all know, these commodity prices aren't very attractive right now, and yield is going to be the key to making it. And it starts with that good soil test and being able to interpret it. This is an example of where you can say, if you got an updated soil test, we can work from that. Oh, absolutely. And if you've got a pH that's low, that's going to affect the availability of your, of your fertilizer. Um, you know, we're seeing typically uh, these pHs dropping lower and lower every year. And so if you're at a, a pH of a 5.5, 32% of the fertilizer you're putting out there is unavailable to you. So if you're spending $100 an acre on fertilizer, $30 an acre is is wasted just because of not managing those pHs. And if you get K levels below 75 is kind of a magic number I see out there. You're talking taking a 2025 bushel yield hit on those areas. So it's really important to know where those spots are, how do we manage those spots, and do it as efficiently and effectively as we can. And a lot of folks think, well, I'll just buy better genetics. But again, you got to give it the environment to grow and produce. Genetics are, are extremely important. The biggest thing about genetics is properly placing those genetics into an environment that they can exceed expectations for you. Otherwise, you're just going to get the same old, same old. It's like feeding an animal. You can buy the best genetics in the world, but if you're feeding it old moldy hay and hardly any grain, what's it going to do for you? And it's the same thing here. You have to manage those genetics properly in order to get the investment you made in those genetics to come back and give you a return. As we uh, go forward with some of the spring work, you know, spreading manure before we get out there, uh, we don't have any snow out there. Might this be a good time? Because the, the soils are pretty receptive right now. Good time to be doing some of that. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, Soil temperatures are cool yet, so you're not going to have denitrification from the manure. Uh, might get a few rains to get it incorporated for you to help that, so it's going to give you some a little bit extra nitrogen, um, those types of things. Looking at cleaning up field edges. Well, I was just talking to one of my customers here yesterday, and, you know, he's out cleaning up field edges, and, you know, he's looking at how many, what kind of rate of return even that is. So stuff, stuff like that, the little things always turn out to be big events for you in the end. And we're also having a uh, uh, agronomy grower meeting down in Arcadia uh, this Thursday, the 29th, at the Arcadia Country Club from 10 until 3, where they're going to be talking about all the stuff about bio biologicals, there's so much hype out there. 
and uh, trying to get a handle of is that a good investment this year or not a good investment. They're going to talk about soil testing, proper spraying, how to get the mm-hmm. most out of your herbicide programs, and different types of liquid starters, and then what kind of products you can blend and can't blend to them to make them work for you and stuff like that. So it should be a very good meeting down at the Arcadia Country Club Thursday the 29th, 10 to 3. Sounds like just show up, or do you want them to call a co-op, or what? Well, they can show up, or if they want to call just to make sure we got enough uh, uh, taken care of. Um, well, we can always water the soup a little bit. Yep, it was, um, if you could give a call, call, that would be the best way to make sure that uh, we got you covered. All right, so a lot of things going on as we get ready for spring with Allied Cooperative. Brad Matson, longtime agronomy lead and technology manager on our Allied Cooperative program. And talking to Brad Matson down there at Allied Cooperative about uh, crops and getting in it for maximum value, they better because prices aren't the best, Jill. They are definitely not the best. For crops like corn and soybeans, some of the lowest in the past three years. And the final figures for the 2023 crop confirm those falling prices. The value of all field crops across Wisconsin last year totaled $4.65 billion. But that is down 22% from 2022 when our crops were valued at over $5.9 billion. Last year's corn crop across the state ended up being worth $2.43 billion, down 26% from 22 as the price averaged $4.40 a bushel, down $1.71 from a year ago. The value of last year's soybean crop in the state was $1.3 billion, down 19% from 2022. The average soybean price during the last marketing year was $12.40 a bushel, down $1.40 from last year. Yeah, numbers are hard to look at, but they're reality. Coming up on the show, we're going to find out about uh, passing down the farm to that next generation. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. I went to the 2024 Forage Symposium in Wisconsin Dells last week. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. There were breakout sessions and keynote speakers and among those keynote speakers was Jolene Brown. She's a family business consultant out of West Branch, Iowa, and a farmer. She talked a lot about working with family on the farm and making sure that it looks like a business. What are some of those challenges with working with family on the family farm? Well, there's nothing better or worse than working with family genetics. But what I've learned over my 30 years of as, as a professional speaker and family business consultant, that if they love and honor their family, they've got to do the business right. And what I know is that we want what we have worked so hard to build to continue. But if you don't do things when the times are good, one of my talks is stop the fighting on the way to the funeral home because that's what happens far too often. So one of the mistakes that we make is we presume a conversation is a contract. That is not true. If it's not in writing, it does not exist. And here's, I told everybody today that farmers lie. They do. Here are the three biggest lies. Work hard someday, this will all be yours. Or, yeah, you know, I'm going to retire. And then there's the dreaded, oh, you don't have to worry about your brothers and sisters. They've got their jobs. They're not interested in the business. So if you hear these things, think those things, or say those things, you're taking a lot of risk that the legacy you have worked so hard for has an opportunity to continue. You've got to do some things when the times are good and get them in place. What are some of those things that a farmer and their family needs to do as they plan for the future? 
you have to build a business worthy of transitioning. I just worked with a family, and the parents called me. They want their kids to continue the business. They got key employees. They want them employed in the business. So I started asking about their, their cash flow, their net worth, the security. They have so much debt. I don't know that there's going to be anything to continue. So I called the accountant because they have to give me permission to talk to their advisors. And I said, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it looks to me like there might not be a business that can continue. He said, well, I've known that for quite a while and I've talked to them. And, and he said, they just don't get it. And I said, what's well, your job as the accountant to tell them that, not mine. So we sat at the kitchen table. We counted what's left. And that's the only thing that can, can truly continue. So first, build that business worthy of transition. Hire the right people. Do not bring in kids. Bring in worthy employees, earning the right from leaders and owners for that opportunity as well. And by the way, a legacy of a business does not have to continue with a family member. There are so many people who want nothing more than an opportunity to farm. Is that an opportunity that you might provide for someone else as well? So get the business worthy of transitioning and then get a very good advisory council. You need a good CPA, not just for taxes, but somebody who says, let's take a look at the finances of the business. Would you bring the next generation in when we come to talk so that they can hear what's going on? I want them to have a good attorney. Not just who does the wills or durable powers of attorney, but understands why a buy-sell agreement must trump a will. That understands why you keep operations separate from land. I want an attorney who is truly their partner. I want them to have a family business consultant who's going to hit them over the head. Because when I come, I bring four things. I bring a mirror, a box of tissues, a roll of duct tape, and a two-by-four. And sometimes you just got to let them have it. But I want to find out what's bugging them. What do we need to do better? What, what can we work on? Do you still have a common goal? Have you celebrated? Have you said thank you? I want them to have goodwill in the family. And then the last thing I want them to do is to make sure that they have the financial planner so that they understand the security of the senior generation. If they don't make that senior generation financially secure, they will never relinquish control. But I'm going to swing on back to the leader of the farm. Why is that sometimes not a family member? Here's the thing about leadership. You have to decide what is needed to lead the business before who is going to lead. The what means what education do they need? What experience do they need? What is their character? What is their personality? Because this person is in the people business. And sometimes we have strong leaders in the business, a family member. And other times we have everybody who does their work really well, but no leader. And so when we get to that stage where they won't have a leadership amongst them, you either have to bring in an outside leader or use your advisory council as a leader to make sure you keep pulling in the same direction. And I did share, sometimes the in-laws make the best leader. And here's why. They're scared to death of doing something wrong. They do everything exactly right. And you brought in the idea of having so many different professionals. What if the professionals don't always see the business in the same way? And what if there's some clashing in there? Is there ever an opportunity to reevaluate that and and make some changes. Well, you just made my spine stand straighter. If you've got advisors who do not have your best interests at heart, one of which is they work well together, you gotta have different advisors. And matter of fact, I give my advisors permission to talk to each other on my behalf. Saves me a lot of money and a lot of time. That first meeting, if you can have your advisors same place, same time, and that then they go back and do the special thing that they are known for, then you end up with a cohesive package. You've got to have strong leaders and strong advisors. And from leaders and advisors, the farmer that is in the operation still needs to make some of those decisions. And you did go over some of the mistakes that are made. Do you want to highlight any of those in particular that we really need to keep looking at? Well, first, money matters. So make sure that you have a strong cash flow. You can afford to pay people if they've earned the right to be invited into the business. We have to make sure that they have the right mindset. If it is my way or no way, Stay a sole proprietor. 
Don't bring people in and form a partnership or an LLC, FLP, or C or S Corp. Let them know, I'm the king or queen, you're my servants, I'll pay you well, so keep working here. Or I'm the puppeter, you're the puppet. I'll pull the strings and you dance. But understand, even a puppet has power. They can always cut the string and do something else. And we've been so vested in this conversation and on what we should be doing and getting the help to be a successful business as a farmer. There's something that I feel like gets left out an awful lot of the time. And as a kid growing up, I know it was left out as I grew and as the farm grew. Tell me what that is. Well, we need to celebrate. You know, we work so very hard. We get burnt out, worn out, stressed out. And then we say to somebody, oh, come on, so you can get burnt out, worn out, stressed out. What if we actually pause to applaud all that we have done? If you want renewed motivation, if you want betterment for your health, if you want a team that loves to work together, then you have to learn how to celebrate. And for me, that's three things. You have to learn how to accept things you cannot control or change, including your mistakes. Don't bang your head against a wall if you can't change it. You're only hurting you, not anybody else. The second thing is you got to look for fun and celebration every day. And the best source comes in the form of kids. And the last thing is, if you want to enjoy your journey, associate with folks who are enjoying theirs. I heard when I was little, if you lay down with the dogs, you probably get fleas. The corporate world said it's hard to soar with the eagles when you're surrounded by a bunch of turkeys. So... We've got people out there that looks like they've been weaned on a dill pickle. You know, nothing's right, everything's wrong, problems to solutions. And we've got those who say, I want to hear what you got to say. Boy, you add so much value. Let's find a way to work together so that we can make a good business even better, and then we can celebrate. And again, that young lady, those last statements were very true because you get that, and there are some people that are every day, they're Debbie Downers, and those are not the people you want to hang with. You want to yeah, there's challenges to overcome in this world. We all have those. But man, oh man, don't make it that much worse. Well, the biggest message that I got out of talking to Jolene was embrace what you get done. You know, make that list. Check those boxes. And um, don't worry about what you have no control over and you can't do anything about. Yep, very good. Jolene Brown, passing down the farm. And she's got her own business. Yeah, she works out of uh, North Branch, Iowa, and it's family consulting business. All right, so a good message. Rocky joins us over at Premier Livestock in Withy, and uh, you got any place to park over there with all the machinery that's in? I tell you, she's getting awful tight. <laughs> you, But, of course, you're being a big shot. You must have a sign that says reserve for the boss, don't you? Yeah, I don't. I don't. So. <laughs> Tells me somebody does, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good, but uh, you still get there every day. We got cattle to sell every day, and how have they been selling so far this week? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, yesterday, we had our special monthly dairy heifer auction. Uh, tremendous auction yesterday. Prices are just uh, super good. Uh, we sold 575 head of dairy heifers, very large run, larger than anticipated. Uh, like I said, super strong market. Uh, top springing heifers, uh, 2100 to 2550 uh, Those lesser quality springing heifers, 1975 and down. Top Holstein shortbreads from 1675 to 2000 uh, we had several really fancy bunches of shortbreads bring 21 to 22.50. Uh, we sold them breeding age heifers, kind of from 1500 to 16.50. Uh, most of the good quality open heifers brought from a dollar fifty to two dollars and twenty cents per pound. Very very active market. Uh, today Wednesday we got a hay and bedding auction at 9:30, dairy cattle auction at 11. We got several nice groups of top fresh parlor freestall cows, including a set of 
really nice fancy jerseys. Uh, we also have some uh, other groups of Holstein Spring and Heifers. Full list on our website. Uh, check that out at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier at 715-229-2500. Like we said at the top, a uh, reminder, large farm machinery auction is going to be March 15th. Uh, we are now, except we are now full on small items. So we're asking you not to bring any small items, uh, larger machinery. Give us a call before you bring it. Uh, but uh, we're going to say that today, Wednesday, that's probably going to be our last day to get in paper ads. Um, and then Friday will be the last day for any equipment to come in. So please don't deliver any equipment on Saturday. And like I say, don't try to bring any next week because we are stuffed full. We appreciate everybody bringing all the equipment. Uh, but we know we got some big stuff coming, and uh, like I said, just getting full. Uh, if you have equipment to sell, we'll see if we can squeak a piece in for you. Just make sure to give uh, myself or Ken a call, and uh, we'll visit with you about it. So that's how things are shaping up, Bob. Wow, boy, those sales get bigger every time you have one. Yeah, this this might be about as many lots as we've ever had. What, uh, what tractors, planting equipment, tillage equipment, feeding equipment, what all you got? Everything? Yeah. Yeah, you you name it, we probably got it. I don't know. I didn't count them yet, but I'm sure we got 50 to 65 tractors there. So. Wow. From big to utility tractors, huh? Oh, yeah. Little little ones all the way up to big, big ones. So. All right. Well, if you want to see them drive by, I imagine a lot of them are already there, huh? Yeah. And, no, I mean, we encourage them pre-inspection, and you can come look through the equipment seven days a week. So. Sounds like a plan. Hey, we'll talk to you in the morning. Thank you, Bob. There he goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock in Withy. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Good time to warm things up. Bring in Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. How are you handling this cold weather? It's kind of a slap to the face, isn't it? Reminds you who's in charge. Yeah, it wakes you up. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, which, for sure. Which I need most mornings. But uh, anyway... What's going on in your world? Well, first I'll say if you are traveling out there today, we have a little bit of both worlds. Those back roads, as you would expect, are still a little snow-covered and slick, but pretty clean on the interstate as the crews were out this morning as well. That's kind of what your commute looks like. But a little extra time, maybe some extra coffee in the tumbler never hurts. Can plan on that again. As we look to other headlines, we're going to start locally, and that includes a delay that was not going to happen. A judge not going to stop Chippewa Valley's hospitals from closing in April. Looking at it a little bit closer, and taking it apart will show you different sides so you can decide it's Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine that asked a judge to stop Sacred Heart Hospital in Eau Claire and St. Joe's in Chippewa Falls from closing at least until July. So asking for a little bit of delay there, though, a judge dismissed that request yesterday. Of course, HSHS announcing in January that it closes doors and they blame the costs and other industry trends on that decision. So what happened was Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine had filed a suit to try to get more time for patients in the Valley who might be without care once those hospitals close. Their full statement online, 715newsroom.com, though now again with that ruling, that delay not set to happen. In other headlines that stretch our state, the FBI now offering a reward for information about the missing Manitowoc County boys. We've been talking about this all week. The FBI did announce a $15,000 reward for any information about Elijah Vu and his whereabouts. Missing since last Tuesday, his mom and her boyfriend facing child neglect charges, but they've not said anything about where the little boy is. Manitowoc County Crime Stoppers is offering a $1,000 reward in the case as well. And locally, talking to a dispatcher from Clark County, we are told that they actually have a 
local connection to that as they have people going down to help in that search and uh, detective, detective and deputy from that area have been in two rivers as well. Again, photos online, 715newsroom.com. If you know anything, you're asked to take that information, of course, to authorities. And, of course, Bob had mentioned earlier, familiar sidekick to Bart Starr. His wife, Sherry, passed away at 89. Her family yesterday saying she did die peacefully at her home in Birmingham, surrounded by family. And while we're in Town, if you plan to pe- catch a game in the green and gold, you'll be paying more. The Packers announced yesterday that ticket prices are going up. The Packers set to host nine games and one preseason game at home this year. And we're expecting that full 2024 schedule, of course, later this spring. And on a cold day like this, you might want to get some hot chocolate. And if you're feeling fancy, you can make it a souffle. It's National Chocolate Souffle Day, and it's not nearly as difficult as it sounds. Four ingredients mixed separately, then together, and into the oven for 10 minutes. That's where the magic happens. The souffle rises and becomes among the best things you'll ever eat. But if it doesn't rise, Julia Child says you can still serve it. Just call it French pudding. I'm Bree Tennis. You might have some French words of your own if you're chipping away at some frozen waterers this morning. We go back to the barn and get those cold chores done with Bob Bolsold of Jill Welke and your Midwest Farm Report. Does your mom make exotic things like that? No, not at all. In fact, we didn't. We what we I will say she made chocolate pudding, but she made yeah. it. You know how you make it on the oven? You oh, let yeah. the skin stand. We yeah. always liked that. So she would always do that, and then we would race to get the top skin off the chocolate pudding. <laughs> that was as fancy as we got growing up. Oh, uh, boy, that does sound good, though, in a hot chocolate on a day like today. Doesn't it? And we're returning to that cold pretty fast when you walk outside the door this morning. Boy, but it's not going to last long. No, no. <laughs> we're getting a little bit of a mood shift from Mother Nature pretty boy, quick I guess on so. this one. I guess so. Thank you, ma'am. Anytime, Bob. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning. More news we're going to take a look at, including the fact that uh, dairy producers can enroll for the 2024 Dairy Margin Coverage Program beginning today. Of course, Farm Service Agency offices are handling that, and that sign-up will end April 29th. And for those farmers that sign up for the 2024 DMC coverage, payments may begin as soon as March 4th. For any payments that triggered in January of 2024, and uh, with these prices, I would imagine they've been triggered. The Farm Service Agency has revised the regulations for DMC to allow eligible dairy operations to make a one-time adjustment to establish production history. Now, this adjustment will be accomplished by combining previously established supplemental production history with DMC production history for those dairy operations that participated in supplemental dairy margin coverage during a prior coverage year. DMC has also been authorized through calendar year 2024. And, of course, it will depend on the Farm Bill, Congress and 2018 Farm Bill. They did require these regulatory changes to the program as we have this Farm Bill uh, through this marketing year. But, again... Sign-up is underway for the 2024 DMC program. It's been a literal financial lifesaver for so many farms. Begins today, and it will run through March 4th. If you have questions and want to get revised history, again, talk to your Farm Service Agency office. And this time of the year, lots of USDA reports come out. They crunch all the numbers, and we talked earlier about uh, soybean corn prices, milk prices, lowest in the three years, cattle prices pretty good. Also, the size of the crop, and uh, last year, we talked about corn yesterday, but uh, what does the soybean crop in Wisconsin for 2023 look like, Jill? 
Well, it came in at a little over 105 million bushels. That's down about 9 million from 2022. The biggest soybeans yields were in southern counties like Rock County, leading the way with just over 5 million bushels, followed by Dane, Dodge, Grant, and Lafayette counties. Our stateways soybean yield was 51 bushels an acre. That's down three from 20, the 2022 crop. Grant County in southwest Wisconsin had the highest yield at 64.7 bushels an acre, followed by Lafayette, Dodge, Fond du Lac, and Columbia counties. In our area, Pepin County led the way with soybean yields averaging 54.3 bushels an acre, followed by Pierce County at 53.9 and St. Croix at 51.3 bushels to an acre. St. Croix was also one of the few counties to produce more soybeans last year than they did in 2022. So we'll see what 2024 brings us. And I know the way this weather is, folks are getting anxious, no question about it. Well, lots of things going on. We've got uh, about a quarter to six. We've got a lot of uh, markets to get to as well. But, Joe, we've got calendar items. There are activities, as we always have this time of the year. Well, it's a good thing we've got an extra day in February because Allied Cooperative is having their agronomy grower meeting tomorrow, February 29th, from 10 to 3 in Arcadia at the Arcadia Country Club. And if you want to go to producing quality beef workshops, there is one tomorrow, the 29th, at Sparta Equity. And I believe they start at 10 and go till 3. You do need to register ahead because they are serving you some lunch. And the state application for the Century and Sesquicentennial Farm and Home applications are due on Friday, March 1st. So you need to go online to the Wisconsin State Fair and find that form. I actually Googled it, and it was a form laid right out there. And we've got the Alice and Dairyland candidates will be announced on Friday, March 1st in Door County. Kind of anxious to see who they're going to bring into the fold of being the next Alice in Dairyland. I'm always anxious to see if there are young ladies from our area because, uh, you know, you talk to a lot of uh, young ladies at the fair and FFA and 4-H and a lot of young ladies from our area that uh, would make very good Alice's in Dairyland. So we'll see if we've got any from our area for the, what, 77th Alice? Yes, the 77th Alice. All right. Anything else going on in the next few days? Well, we've got the Purple Ribbon Classic. That's on Saturday, March 2nd at 1130 at the Marshfield Fairgrounds. Looks like a lot of quality animals going out. And don't forget, next week on Tuesday and Wednesday is the Eau Claire Farm Show. That's up at, I believe they call it the Chippewa Valley Expo Center up by Menards. Mm-hmm. And we're open from 9 till 3 those two days. And free admission, free parking. Unlike you go to the sports show and the home show, they charge you 8 10 bucks to get in to buy their stuff. The farm and, show, it's free. And we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets and a bus ride to see Brantley Gilbert on Saturday, March 23rd at the Lacrosse Center. And I know there's going to be some apparel there to hand out. I talked to Kristen, and she's got it all loaded into her vehicle. Oh, sounds good. How are they going to win that? Go online and do that? or 
Uh, we'll be signing them up there. It'll but but it'll be a like a QR code like we did last year at the year. farm show. At All the right. farm show. Oh, so good. Oh, that ought to be fun. Also coming up, uh, March fifth, sixth, and seventh. We talked about this earlier when I talked to the chief judge of the World Cheese Championships, put on by the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. They put on this every two years down at the Monona Terrace. And again, I talk about this. Get down to Madison and. First two days, it's open to the public. It's free to get in. There are many things that are free to get in, but this is the first two days, March 5th and 6th, and uh, down at the Monona Terrace, right on Lake Monona, just about two or three blocks below the state capitol. And I asked Jim, I said, hey, the last two winners I know were Greyer varieties from Switzerland. I said, how many, has anybody ever won a three-peat? And he sent me the the last three winners, 2022-2020 was that Greyer from Switzerland in 2018, I do remember this now, and if I pronounce this wrong, I apologize, Esquirao. It's a French hard sheep's milk cheese. So a sheep's milk cheese won in 2018. So we'll see if this grayer can be a three-peat, but so far they are a, a two-time winner. But again, that's fifth, sixth, and seventh down in Madison. Jill, let's get to the markets. Where are we going to go first? We need to head to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers dollar fifty to a dollar seventy four. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollar fifty to a dollar seventy. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar fifty six to a dollar sixty nine. Choice Holstein steers a dollar forty five to a dollar fifty five. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar forty four and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from a dollar ten to a dollar twenty eight. We had a top of a dollar thirty one. Sixty percent of the cows sold from ninety to a dollar nine. Bottom 20% of the cows sold from 89 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.30 to $1.50. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.29 and down. Cold bulls sold from $1.05 to $1.29. Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $380 to $600 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $380 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $500 to $825 per head. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, March 8th, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. More markets this morning. Let's get over to Equity Stratford. Jerry Fitzgerald is up and at him, and I would assume uh, you're a little bit chilly as well. Well, good morning to you, Bob. Not bad in the house here, but I just stuck my nose out a little bit ago and uh, decided that was not a good idea, so I came back in. <laughs> a good idea. That's a good idea. You got work to do anyway. Tell us what's been going on this week at Stratford. I better do that, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Tuesday, and uh, first couple days here at Equity Stratford, and we'll start with the organic market. Uh, we sell those organic cows every Tuesday, and high-yielding, good-quality, certified organic cows for yesterday. We're selling from 140 to 157, lower-yielding lower organic cows, 139 and below. Now back to the uh, regular market cows. Uh, yesterday, cows still, could be in, still are in good demand. High-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows selling from 107 to 124. Most of the cows we sold yesterday sold between 85 and 106 thinner cows below 85 so far this week bulls are selling between 110 and 125 lighter bulls 105 and below 
A summary on the calf market so far this week. Good quality replacement Holstein bull calves, uh, mostly from 400 to 600. That is on these uh, good calves weighing 90 to 230 pounds, up to 650 on Monday's auction. Heifer calves, mostly from 150 to 300, all up to 320 also on Monday. And these good quality beef calves continue to be very, very strong, 400 to 800. And again, we sold them up to 860 earlier in the week. And we are at Wednesday already. We get underway this morning. Full marketing day here at Stratford today, uh, including market cows, fed cattle, uh, sheep, hog, and goats. Uh, feeder cattle today will be a 1230 start time. And uh, baby calves will be after the feeder cattle. Well, we had a kind of a cold morning, so maybe uh, I know most of the folks probably had some of their trailers some of the uh, opened up a little bit, so you might have to close the babies up this morning before you put the cattle on. We do have some uh, real good quality Holstein steers as part of that feeder sale today also. So if you folks in the Holstein business are going to weigh around five, 600 pounds. So that will be part of the feeder sale today. And just before we leave here, I want to mention also, folks, if you are planning on attending the uh, equity district meetings, which will be coming up here in March, uh, there is a link on the website. You can uh, email them down there, let them let them know how many are coming, what meeting you're going to go to, so they can plan for the meal. And if you can't get a hold of two on the uh, email, uh, just give Julie a buzz on the phone after 8 o'clock, and they'll have you all registered. And when you walk in, you'll be all set and ready to go. And uh, you guys will keep us up to date on the meetings I don't have in front of me. Mm -hmm. I think Stratford is on the 22nd, I think. But there are, of course, uh, we uh, Stratford meeting, I mean, um, Sparta meeting and Equity Baron meeting. But you guys will keep us up to date on that. In the meantime... Stay warm. Bob's got his warm shirt on this morning, so he must be planning on going outside today. Yeah, i got to put a few miles on today, so we want to make sure we're good to go. You have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. All right. You guys enjoy the day and be careful. Thank you, Jerry. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Barn. Ten Synergy Co-op bringing us the markets. First of all, on the Board of Trade, corn was lower, beans and uh, wheat a little higher yesterday. Quiet market overnight looking at July contracts. July corn down a penny at 434. The oats unchanged 362. July soybeans down four to five cents, 1145. Soybean meal down 30 cents a ton at $328 a ton. Wheat down four to five cents at 581. At the country elevators today. Corn and oils at 351 with soybeans at 1042. Arcadia corns at 369 with soybeans at 1048. And in Chippewa Falls and Connorsville, corns at 343 with soybeans at 1055. And uh, every day we get further and further away from $4 corn, $11 beans here in this uh, cash market at the elevators. Golden Plump today on our DTN screen. Corn is at 371 a bushel. Baldwin, 345 1047 on the beans. At Durand and Fall Creek, corn's 340 beans, 1037 Mondovi, 345 and 1042 Over at Elmwood, 350 on the corn, 1047 on the beans. Osseo's beans, 1047 Their corn, 355 Out at Elk Mound, 361 on the corn, 1057 on the beans. Sparta, 349 and 1042 Corn at Ellsworth, 337 Beans at 1037 Ethanol plants, Boyceville, 364 Corn at Stanley and Richmond, 362. Barrel cheese unchanged, 167. Blocks two cents higher yesterday at 161 a pound. Butter down a cent and a half at 283 and a half. Fall, or February class three, they all went down. Down a penny at 1611. March down 30 at 1728. April down 44 cents, 1756. It had one day at $18. May down 41 at 1784. And June down 44 at 1816. Prices down. Through November, 7 degrees right now, 12 below is the wind chill. Hang in there. It'll be a cold one today, about 21, and it warms up nicely. By the weekend, we're going to be in the 60s. 
You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at waxradio.com.